turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. I just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You can always get the podcast at Salem Podcast Network or wherever you listen to your podcast. Brandon Tatum is a seven-year veteran of the Tucson Police Department. He's a YouTube sensation with over two million subscribers. He started Blexit with Candace Owens, and now he's tackling his biggest assignment yet. This is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I I have a bunch of things to talk about today, and it's a myriad of different things that came to my mind over the weekend um, one thing I want to talk about, and, and I wasn't even going to start the show like this, but I just thought about it right before the break ended, was that there's a young lady out here that says she wanted to debate me. Now, she I don't know if she claimed to be a conservative or not. I made a video about her on my YouTube channel um, because she swore that this country has systems in place that deliberately disenfranchise black people. And she's obviously not black. And it's funny how people who are not black fall in this mysterious category of trying to defend a point to find favor amongst black people because they believe we believe what she's saying. There's no systems necessarily in place to try to thwart or disenfranchise black people. It just it just doesn't exist. Now, could there be things that disproportionately affect X disproportionately affect Y? Yes. You don't have to be black for these things to affect you. If you are in a community where crime is rampant, it don't matter what color you are. You're going to have more police response. That just two plus two is four. It's not like this is like I'm going to get crazy on the radio and I just started. It's not like there's a white area in town that's riddled with violence. And then there's a black area in town that's riddled with violence and police officers. All the way down from the police chief says, we don't care about the white community's violence. We'll let it slide. We want to go over here where the black people at and make sure all of our resources are projected in one area. This doesn't exist, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't exist. And a lot of people like to use terms to say, well, white people and black people use drugs at the same rate. Explain to me this. What what statistical data are you drawing that from? Because you can't be drawing it from police database because if the police know you're using drugs, you probably got arrested. So what database are you using to say that white people use drugs at the same rate as black, but they don't get patrolled or caught as much as black people do? And, and, and the numbers may be true, but it's not just because you're black. It's because you're ignorant. You're riding around smoking weed in a car with, with, with expired registration in it. And you get caught and you, you want to say, well, you didn't catch the white guy. Well, the white guy smoking weed in his house. The white guy smoking weed in his car with all of his registration done. You smoking, riding dirty. And you ain't just riding dirty. You riding dirty 
in a, in a, in a, in a drug infested neighborhood where everybody that sells drugs get caught right on this street. And you on that street smoking weed with a loaded gun and pills in the car driving 30, 45 miles per hour over the speed limit. These are the things. I was a police officer. I saw this with my own eyes. And, and, and I might debate the young lady because she wanted to debate. I don't know if some of these debates are fruitful. A lot of people like to debate me because I have a bigger platform and they feel like they're going to get some leverage. But it, 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 there's no systems in place. The justice system. Black people get sentenced more than white people do. Well, you got show me the judge and let's let's get that that gentleman fired. Oh, you can't find the judge. So you got to say it's a system in place. Well, there's a thing called aggravated circumstances. And I told this story a while back about my, my uh, older cousin. He went to prison. He, he got he shot a few people in an altercation. And he got sentenced to 75 years. Now, let me explain this to you. This is what people do not get. If you have a public defender, more than likely you finna do some time. If you can afford to hire your own attorney, you probably would do less time. If you do a plea deal, you get less time. If you try to fight it in court because you don't want to snitch, you don't want to rat on nobody, you finna do all that time. These are components in the criminal justice system that people are not accounting for when they say, well, black people get more time than white people do. Because where I'm from, you don't snitch. You don't snitch on nobody. Therefore, you finna do all that time. You know, like my oldest cousin got 75 years. He was eligible for parole in 20 years. Um, hopefully he got out. I haven't talked to him in a while. He probably mad at me, but I, maybe I'll write him and see where he at with it. But you know why he got 75 years and what they compare it to is they'll say this white kid went and shot people and he only got 20 years and the black man in another jurisdiction in another state got 75 years. See, that's disparity. No, but what you're not saying is that my older cousin was a convicted felon already. And then he shot people with a gun that he was in legally illegally in possession of because he was a prohibited possessor because he was a convicted felon. So not only is he have a, a, a rap sheet in a criminal history of felonious crime, he actually was illegally in possession of a firearm and he shot people he shouldn't have shot according to the, the court documents. And he had dope in the car. So not only did he not do all of that, he had... A dangerous drug in a car, which probably was crack cocaine that he probably was selling. And he got 75 years. I, I just want people to, to put these things in perspective and, 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 and stop trying to be a social justice warrior. The young lady then said that black people um, get pulled over way more often than white people do. And it's less likely at night when they can't see the race. You know how stupid just, just, do you know how stupid that sound if you have any understanding of law enforcement? So you're telling me, th this is what I want people to understand. So you're telling me that cops during the day, they're not profiling the vehicle and they're not profiling the area. They just randomly see black people driving down the neighborhood and they go, I'm going to pull that person over. But then at night, they, come they become colorblind. They can't see nobody nowhere. They just so happen to don't pull over black people because they can't see them at night. Let me just explain this to you. If you've never been in a patrol car before, it is nearly impossible to see people's race. Even during the daytime, most people driving on the road have 10 on their car 
And the second component is that when you're looking at a person's vehicle from behind them, you can't tell who's driving a car. You have to jump through hoops to look in a rearview mirror and try to see if you can see who's driving a car. Cops aren't pulling you over because of your race. Cops are pulling you over for other suspicious behaviors that are indicative of maybe a suspicious stop or a probable cause because you committed a traffic violation. Now, they did research and they did a study that black people get camera tickets more than white people do. So are you saying the automated camera ticket system is racist? No, it's because black people are speeding and breaking the law in that area more so than other people. I just wish that we would stop. I might debate the girl. I might debate her. Because she literally are painting this narrative that somehow there are systems that they make black people at a disadvantage. I, I don't know what systems are in place. My father grew up. What, what, what was the system in place to stop my daddy from accomplishing what he wanted to accomplish? I had, I got a house. I bought my first house when I was 23 years old. I ain't go to the bank and they go, Oh, you know what? I ain't giving black people loans. Matter of fact, they probably, they couldn't wait to give a brother a loan so they can be diverse and inclusive. They gave me a loan. I got a USDA loan. I know it sounds weird because I bought a house on previous farmland. So it was a unincorporated, uh, what do they call it? Uh, farmland or whatever the case may be. And they were trying to build on that land. So they gave incentives for first time home buyers. And I put no money down and I bought my first house. The bank gave me the loan. Great. I think I had a great interest rate. I think I had like 4% interest rate back then. Maybe that was good. I don't know. You know, what systems are in place to stop me? I I started out with a 520 credit score. Ended up my highest credit score that I looked at is 820. I started at 520. Was it because I was black that I had a 520? No, it's because my mama was supposed to pay on my car and she couldn't make the payment. We missed it for 30 days and they hit my credit score. And then I had a charge off on my credit card because I didn't know what a charge off was. I was financially illiterate. And the charge off plus that missed payment on my record. And I think I missed like two other payments because I didn't know nothing about credit. Check my credit when I bought my first car and my interest rate was like 15%, 21% or something crazy. I remember asking the guy, is this a good, is this good? Is this good credit? He said, oh no, brother, you got terrible credit. But see, people say, oh, your credit, they didn't want to give me the loan and the interest rate because I'm black. No, it's because I had bad credit. And then over the years, I had to work. That charge off had to fall off my credit in seven years. I looked at my thing and made sure that I had all my payments on time and I disputed the ones that weren't on time. And I was building, I got my credit cards, pay down all my credit cards, pay off all my debt. And then my credit score started growing. So it took me like eight, nine years to get an 820 credit score. And now I go to the car lot, they don't even want to see my financials. They just take the damn payment and ship the car to me. You know, so the thing is, is that what systems are in place to prevent me from building my credit? Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. Today, I want to direct your attention to a situation that is happening in countries throughout our hemisphere. Because of interrupted planting cycles, rising food prices, and the lingering impact of COVID, the list of families unable to feed their children grows longer by the day. Today, I'm partnering with Food for the Poor to provide urgently needed food to a list of families in crisis. Food for the Poor works with the poorest of the poor in the communities in the Caribbean and Latin America. Today, a mother is praying for just a single 
meal to silence her children's sharp hunger pains. Because food is distributed by pastors and ministers on the ground, your generous gift is literally an answer to prayers. Because of a meal for meal match, every gift of $144 releases a year's worth of food for a family of four. Your gift means hungry children receive two meals a day for the next 365 days. Knowing your gift will never have more eternal impact, will you rescue one family, three families, or even 10 families? Go to the office tatum.com and click on the red send food banner text the keyword tatum to 91999 and you will get a link to make your life-saving gift or to give your gift by phone call my toll-free number at 855-918-4673 ladies and gentlemen gentlemen ladies welcome back to the officer tatum show uh let me tell you about the um campaign Food for the Poor campaign that I've been doing uh, this spring. As we begin, uh, I would argue a new week, a fantastic week. I wanted to get all of us to step outside of our comfort zone and think about those who are are far less fortunate than us in in the United States of America. You know, I was talking to my wife about this last night. I I was saying that we were eating some food and we had a bunch of food on the plate. We went to this really cool place in Phoenix and they gave us so much food. We couldn't eat it all. And, and in my mind, I said, you know what? We're going to get, we're going to get done with this and we're going to throw this food away. And just the gluttony of, and it was thousands of people that came to this restaurant and, and, and just how so many people are going to waste food. And I, and I told her I felt bad because there's people in other countries who are starving. I mean, they would eat, they would eat, Stuff that we drop on the ground, they would love to have some food in their stomach, no matter how they get it. But yet in America, we seem to have so much access of food. And, you know, it makes me think about the campaign, the Food for the Poor campaign that I've been doing. And I really want you guys to to think about people in these other countries that are dealing with disaster, dealing with food shortages, dealing with hunger. I mean, all of these things that we couldn't even fathom. We We have no remnants of an understanding of of your kids starving for two or three days a week not knowing where you're going to get food at there is no access there is no ebt cards there is no government assistance i mean people are literally only relying on the help that we give them from america with organizations like food for the poor so i want you guys to go to my website um the click on the food for the poor banner at the very top it says give food give life um, also, you can text Tatum to 91999. That's Tatum to 91999 or call in to give your donation at 855-918-4673. That's 855-918-HOPE. Be a blessing to somebody else. There's children out here that need your help, that need your compassion, that need the gospel. And this is our opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to present that gospel. Take some time out of your day and click on the link. So text or call in on the number and give. Let me get back to the the subject at hand. Um, you know, I, I I get frustrated when I see people making excuses for black people. I get frustrated. It's like, how dare you think that I'm too stupid to navigate this world? What makes you think that I'm too stupid and unaware? To not realize that adversity is to my benefit. 
Name somebody that's done something great that haven't had adversity. Name somebody. Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world. Now, obviously, obviously he's not the richest man in the world anymore, but he was worth 200 and some billion dollars, and he only owned like 20% of Tesla. 200 and some billion dollars. Go look at his story. He was sleeping on the floor at his headquarters so everybody could see. So they'll know that he worked just as hard as anybody else. He said five years. They, they, he, he didn't know what was going to happen. You go down a list of all these prominent companies, these businesses, they started from somewhere, they had adversity, they wanted to give up, but they never did. And that's not a detriment. That's not a, oh, I'm I'm, I'm a punk out and go cry in a corner and act like this country's been so bad to me because I had a little bit of adversity. It should make you stronger. I would argue that people that face adversity should be the strongest people in the United States of America. My father's a perfect example. I remember when he first got on the, on the fire department, he, this is a story he told us. He said that he, he had some discrimination. Some of the white guys didn't like the black guys on the, on the police, on the fire department. What did my daddy do? He didn't act like the, the, the social justice warriors of the day. Man, let me tell you, they, they treat me wrong because I'm black. My dad said, listen, for those who want to act this way, you better watch the way you treat me because you'll be working for me one day. And they were working for him three times over. And he told me stories about some of them, somehow some of them were, were mean to him at first, and then later on, he became really good friends with him. One of his best friends, and obviously, I don't want to tell my whole family story because obviously, you know, my godfather is black. But one of my dad's best friends, he told me that helped him through the ranks and did really well was a white guy. Don't give me that crap about this country is systemically racist. No, it's not, man. The, you can say that capitalism benefits some people and it, and it doesn't benefit other people as much lazy people capitalism you know chew you up and spit you out if you lazy if you don't want nothing out of life if you don't dream if you're okay with clocking in and clocking out of somebody else's hard work then maybe you won't be like elon musk you can't expect to do the basic and think you're going to get the greatest reward capitalism may be biased against certain people yeah if you grew up in a household and your parents ain't worth a dime and, and your mama smoking crack and your daddy ain't around, yeah, you may start out on the wrong foot. You may start out with a disadvantage. But the system ain't, your mama being, you know, I mean, I say that because I'm supposed to be a Christian. Your mama on the corner ain't got nothing to do with the system. Your daddy sleeping with every woman that he meet at the club and ain't taking care of his responsibility ain't got nothing to do with the system. Your parents beating you for no reason because they don't know no better. Ain't got nothing to do with the system. That's how people can have generational changes because they say, I ain't going to do it like that. I'm not going to raise my children like that. I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to sit around here and pout. I'm not going to be living a life of crying me a river because the color of my skin. I'm going to overcome no matter what. Why? Because I got Christ. I say this all the time. I go to churches and say this. I don't believe in no white privilege. That's made up bull crap. If there's any privilege to be had, I believe it's Christ's privilege. And for every Christian out here, if you somehow believe white privilege trumps Christ's privilege, then you ain't a Christian. You ain't a Christian. You think that some systemic or system in place, if you want to call it, have more power than our Lord and Savior? You must be crazy. You telling me the father in heaven don't have more power than some clans member or some fool running around 
hating black people for whatever reason. Or some black fool hating white people. You telling me the God of this world that created the heavens and the earth can't somehow intervene on your behalf? Get out of here. You ain't a Christian. You don't know why you going to church wasting your time and God's time. If you ain't going to have faith and believe, what are you really doing anyway? See, some people put color over God. They put color over Christ. They put culture over kingdom. Therefore, they only see the world through the, through the lens of their culture and, their, and the color of their skin. They don't see the lens through Christ in the Bible. And, you know, but anyway, I don't have to get a hyper spiritual. There's statistical data that proves that proves everything that I'm saying. They go out on a limb and they make the white man look like the enemy because there were slaves owned by white people. And Native America owned slaves too. When are we going to call them? The, when are we going to go to the reservation and say, y'all need to give us reparations? Oh, y'all don't want to talk about that because they're supposed to be black and brown. They had slaves too. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. Make America godly again. New report, the government is warning of a known safety threat that poisons thousands of Americans every single year and worse. Craig didn't know his wife and his kids were going to die that night. Craig tried to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida. He bought a gas generator and fired it up. But during the night, deadly carbon monoxide seeped out of the gas generator and into Craig's home. It poisons Craig's wife and his two children in their sleep, fire officials say. The sad part is Craig isn't alone. What's even worse, Craig's tragedy didn't have to happen at all. Thanks to a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators that is now available to all Americans, even those who think they might not be able to afford it. The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes. And instead of being loud, it is quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight, you can take it with you, even use it inside. And it's powerful enough for your phone, medical device, or even your fridge. And right now, you can go to 4patriots.com. That's the number 4patriots.com. And use code TATUM to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to 4patriots.com. That's the number 4patriots.com. And use code TATUM. Tatum to get 10% off. That's for patriots.com. Use code Tatum and get yours today. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the officer Tatum show. I want to tell you guys about the Salem news channel. If you're looking to uh, watch visibly uh, this particular broadcast and you want to listen at the same time, you can do both of those on the Salem news channel and the Salem news channel has all of the Salem hosts um, all the way from Hugh Hewitt down to me. I think I'm the last host of the day the latest uh, host of the day, I believe. Um, So you can have a plethora of different conservative viewpoints, uh, a variety of different voices. All you got to do is go to SalemNewsChannel.com, SalemNewsChannel.com, download it on the iOS, the iPhone, or the Android, uh, or you can get it on the Roku. So go to SalemNewsChannel.com and watch the first hour of my show um, broadcast live, syndicated on the Salem News Channel. Okay, I'm going to finish up my little speech here about the victimhood, the victim mentality. You know, I, I wish I could scream to the mountaintop. Every time I see people becoming victims, it, it bothers me because the people who are pitching the victim mentality, is, they're lying to us. 
they say, oh man, the white man did this. The white man, the, the Native American people had slaves too. They, they celebrate Juneteenth, but that wasn't the last of the slaves being released. The Choctaw Indians still had slaves a year later. And when the Choctaw finally released their slaves is when the finally the last of the black slaves were released. Why, why, why is that not in the history book? You don't have to listen to me. You can go look it up yourself. Go, don't listen to Brandon. Go research Juneteenth and, and research the Choctaw Indians. When did they release their slaves? A year after Juneteenth that we consider now to be Juneteenth, this miraculous day when the black man, and we got black people on TV crying. And it was a, such a special moment. If they just have known that they were free, they were still, the Choctaw still had black people in slaves, enslaved. You know the word, you know where the word slave come from? Slav. The Slavic people were slaves and they were called, that's where the, the name slave come from, the Slavic people who were enslaved. Before black people. I mean, we can go down the list, man. Slavery was all, I mean, I can say this till I'm green in the face. Slavery was something that happened in the Bible. You, 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 won't, you might as well go way back there for reparations. You know, what, what tribe are you from? From, the, from biblical times. You know, anyway. But it's all bullcrap. And the devil is behind this stuff. People who do not retain God in their consciousness are subject to deception from the devil. And the devil puts all these ideas and roadblocks in your mind that do not exist. Being black in America is not a detriment. Having bad parents is a detriment. Having no daddy in your house is a detriment. That has nothing to do with being black. I had my father growing up. Even though my mom and daddy wasn't together, I had my father. How was I, how was I disadvantaged from being black? My white friends, Dustin and Derek, didn't have a daddy. They in and out of jail. I had my father. Well, what happened to their white privilege card? Did it get revoked? Did they forget to make a payment? Skin color ain't got nothing to do with your success. It's very simple. Name me a person that is in poverty that Finished school, didn't have kids, didn't have kids out of wedlock, stayed out of the criminal justice system and got a job. Name somebody. The people that, the thing is, is that if you want to be in poverty, negate doing the things I just mentioned. If you don't want to be in poverty, it's almost impossible for you to be in poverty. Finish high school, don't have children out of wedlock. Stay out of the criminal justice system, which is the part that I add. And then the other one is get you a job, work on a job. And if the job that you're working on is not yielding what you want, you work there until you find something better. You don't sit at the house wishing on a star, go take your narrow behind up there and get a job. And, and it just bothers me that I was tricked when I was growing up. I was lied to. I hated white people because of the lies that were told to me. I just wish people could feel what I'm saying. I hated white people. I thought that white people were evil. I was so lies, man. And they had you thinking that the whole system was concocted to make sure that black people don't survive. And then when I came out of it, I said, oh my God, these people lied to me. 
There ain't nothing. Stop. Look at all these wealthy black people. Go look back in history. There's a common denominator of success in America, and the color of your skin ain't got nothing to do with nothing. How much grit do you have? How much do you want it? How much do you believe in yourself? How much are you relying on God? How much, how much do you go for it and don't quit? Those are the things that are going to make you successful or not. Let me tell you guys about Relief Factor before I go to the break. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, if you're looking for something that works, Relief Factor is your supplement. I take Relief Factor every single day, and it works well for me. And I'll I tell you what, I, I did not know that my lower back was as bad as it was until I started taking Relief Factor, and I started to feel better. And I said, wow, I, I don't have to wake up with this lingering back pain and feel like I have to get up out the bed slow and roll out and do all this extra stuff um, when I could just take Relief Factor. And over time, it begins to work on your body, and you start to feel better. If you're having joint discomfort or you have having inflammation issues, give Relief Factor a try. All you got to do is go to relieffactor.com, get started with the three-week quick starter for $19.95. Relieffactor.com or call the number 800-4-RELIEF. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm going to tell you guys about the MyPillow 2.0. If you're looking for an incredible pillow to sleep on every single night that's going to be durable, durable that's going to be soft that's going to be reliable that's going to be something that you can be proud of you should get you to my pillow 2.0 i sleep on it every single night and it's a phenomenal pillow phenomenal i can't believe it to be honest the softest pillow by far on my on my, on my bed and my wife got a ton of pillows on there for whatever reason i guess that's the thing women do they put thousand pillows for decoration but i lay on that my pillow every single night so um all you got to do is go to mypillow.com if you're interested in getting you some new pillows which most of y'all probably need anyway um, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio, listen to Square, put in promo code Brandon. Promo code Brandon to get you to buy one, get one free special on uh, the MyPillows. So go to MyPillow.com, radio, listen to Square, promo code Brandon, buy one, get the other one free with the MyPillow 2.0. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to finish. I say, I keep saying I'm like, a, I'm like a Baptist pastor. I don't think I'm finished, and then I'm 45 minutes later, I'm still talking about it. But I, I just, I wish that, you know, the thing is, is that I wish that there was a young brother. I'm talking as if I'm talking to myself. when I was, If I was listening to the radio, this is what I want to hear somebody say to me. To, to get me out of that mindset, to help me realize that this, this doesn't have to be the way to go. And to put things in perspective, you know, just because there's, discrimin- just because there's disparity doesn't mean there's discrimination. And Thomas Sowell wrote an incredible book about these same concepts. It's just, you know, you know, most of the time the oldest son does better than the younger son in life. It's just the way it is. Statistical data, statistical proof all across the world, not just in America. Is that discrimination? Just because it's disparities don't mean the parents treat you any different or the system was against one kid and for the other kid. That's not the way it is. There can be disparities. Just like there's disparity in representation of black athletes. Is there discrimination against white athletes because black people are overrepresented in certain sports? No, just because there's disparity don't mean there's necessarily discrimination. You know, I, I hope that people retain that concept. When people throw these numbers out here, it's, oh man, black people get patrolled more than white people. Well, just because there's disproportionality don't mean there's, there's some type of uh, discrimination. You got to look at the underlying principle and it really makes me mad when people try to paint the picture that police officers are racist. It's like, dude, I, I, I'm being honest with y'all. Like, I don't know how you can be a police officer and be a racist. I, I, I can't 
you have to like go back on your racial tendencies every day of the week. And they like to think that white cops in black neighborhoods are racist. You that's it's it, I would argue it's nearly impossible to be a racist cop working in the community that you're racist against. Why is it that, Brandon? This is not CSI. This is not first 48. Every call that a police officer go to isn't a homicide or a murder or, or, or something drastic. Somebody running from the police. Every police call isn't like that. I would argue that's not as often. It doesn't happen as often as you think. Most of your calls are suicidal subject. A police officer have to, police officer have to go to and talk somebody out of suicide or take them to get the help that they need. Domestic violence. You have to go and take the report of a victimized black woman in the black community, mostly victimized by a black man. Take a report. Dead children. Car accidents. Drunk driving, murdering, killing people in drunk driving accidents. You have to, it's a plethora of different things. Drug dealing. A DOA, which means a person has been dead for a couple. You know, you got to notify next to Ken. Like, it's a, it's a whole bunch of stuff that you do as a cop in a particular neighborhood that if you are racist, bro, you're going to have a hard time serving black people every day with your life. <laughs> you, 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 you don't just show up to work and be like, oh, no, I ain't dying for black people today. Bro, you get, you, get, you get put in a situation, you may die. Look how many white cops have died in these black neighborhoods patrolling and killed by black people. And you're a racist, man. There's no way in the world you could be a cop. There, there's some people that probably can hold it in and they... And they might act a certain way towards black people, but man, I'm telling you, I, I, I never met a racist cop when I was on duty, and, and they they probably were out there, but they couldn't act on it because, you, you know, most of what you're doing is serving other people, and then you're not the only one that go to these calls. The chances of two guys being racist and 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 willing to lose their job and everything else is very rare. You can get a car where somebody's a knucklehead. Like when I was on, I was a police officer. There was dudes that was stupid. I mean, when I say stupid, I mean that they were negligent. They they had a bad attitude. They just get they just didn't get along with nobody. And, and you know, you go to a call and a black man be like, "Oh man, that cop is acting like this because I'm black." Now it's this cop is stupid. That's what this. That's what you facing. We don't like him either. He everybody can't stand him because he ain't doing nothing but making a problem for everybody. So it's not, you know, that, that, that exists, but the racist stuff, I've never seen a cop be racist. There's too much going on out there, man. I mean, maybe in a podunk town where it's like five police officers, maybe, maybe they could be racist, but man, in a major city, it's too much happening. It's too much going on. Like literally, I just give you a perspective when you, when I get on shift, I mean, as soon as I get there, the tone is going off. We're in briefing. And it's boop, boop, Eunice copy, level one murder, you know, level one, one-on-one or, or level one shooting at Broadway and, and it's people scrambling to get to these calls. And then we look at the board. We're trying to finish briefing. They're trying to get prepared and everybody get in and they give us a little speech. You know, sometimes we look at officer, officer uh, homicides where officers have been killed in car accidents and all that to try to kind of get started. Give me about 30 minutes to kind of get our bearings together as we do shift change. And, it's 40 calls on the board, just waiting. 40 people are waiting for a cop to come to their call. Some of them been waiting for six hours, five hours, three hours, 10 hours. And then calls are just coming in, coming in. 
you jump in the patrol car, man, and it's go time. You don't get to say, I don't want to go to the black people's house today. I mean, you just answering the calls. You don't know who you're going to. Oh, there was a stabbing at this. Let me show up here. Oh, man, that's the such such. Let me show up here. And, 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 and I'm just being honest with you guys, and then I'm going to move on. But, like, patrol is broken up into precincts. So it, if you're working on the side of town where there's nothing but black people, that's all the people you deal with anyway, good, bad, or indifferent. You don't you don't pull over black people for no reason in a black neighborhood with all black people. What does that even mean? But anyway, people that have never put on a badge and rode in a patrol car, it's easy for them to interpret statistical data to fit their talking points. It's not realistic. Ask any cop you know. It's not realistic. Let me tell you guys about Relief Factor. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, if you're looking for a supplement that works, supplement that's 100% drug-free, um, go to relieffactor.com. I take Relief Factor every single day, and I tell you this every day, twice a day, every hour, about how wonderful the product is. And, and I'm hoping that I'm getting through to people because I have no idea how many of you guys are, are actually taking advantage of but I know there's a lot of people that take Relief Factor. Over half a million people take Relief Factor. I take it. My mother-in-law takes it. I, I share it with everybody that I know. Some of my best, you know, my best acquaintances, they share it. Mentor, he he uh, used Relief Factor. So it's it's a very prominent uh, product that actually works. So go to relieffactor.com and give it a try. Look at the reviews. Don't just listen to B. Tatum. Look at the reviews. Order you some Relief Factor and then prove me wrong. That's all I want to hear. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you can ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable feel of the original MyPillow and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest smoothest and coolest pillow you'll ever own for my exclusive listeners the my pillow 2.0 is buy one get one free offer with my promo code brandon my pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100 made in the usa and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to get to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code BRANDON or call 800-976-8379 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'll tell you guys about the innovation race. You need to see the movie that exposes how the Chinese have taken over, or at least they've manipulated our U.S. patent uh, system, and they're becoming a national security threat, and the people that are running our country are just handing it to them like little Debbie cakes. And, you know, it's becoming problematic in, in my personal opinion. But to see more, to learn more, go to Innovation Race or go to Salem Now to watch the documentary Innovation Race, SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com, all of our movies all of the incredible films are there at SalemNow.com. So go check it out. All right. I'm going to finish up this for show on this last segment. Cause then we have a long break, but you know, I just really want, you know, people that are like myself who are wise enough to know that this is complete bull crap to be able to get the word out, to be able to, to tell, you know, this, the, the preach hope 
to young people and put it in perspective because I honestly believe we could fix this race thing. I, we, we, we could fix this if people would just be honest. If we would just acknowledge the fact that police officers aren't inherently racist, there's no systems in place that hurt that's specifically designed to hurt black people. And it's, it's, it's merely the fact that there are bad cops out there and we should get, they should lose their jobs. That's it's that simple. And, and, and there are black people that for whatever reason, want to fight the cops and pull guns and do drugs and do all this old crazy stuff that put themselves in a bad position with police officers. We know that both of those things exist and we should be focused on how to fix real issues. There ain't no real system in place, man. Our justice system is very fair for the most part. Some people get the bad end of the stick. It happens, man. It ain't perfect. But there's a lot of people that get second chances, man. There's a lot of people that get opportunities. You know, even with my both of my family members shooting people and stuff. I mean, my older, my oldest, my great uncle got 25 years of life. And then my cousin got 75 years, but he was up eligible for parole in 20 years. I mean, you got to think they shot people. Like, that's a that's a serious crime. Like, if that was your family member, you want them to be in prison for the rest of their life. But the justice system, in some cases, they have mercy. If my cousin would have took a plea deal, he wouldn't have done 75 years. I know for a fact he wouldn't have. They would have did a plea deal with him. He probably could have snitched on some people. If he would have snitched on some people and, and, and took a plea deal, my cousin probably did. 10 years in prison. So, you know, those things are all factors that if we considered internalized, we could have a better perspective on how to fix these things. But to, to paint everybody with a broad brush, to paint the country as, as systemically racist, to act like black people didn't have a, an opportunity to, to, to make waves and, and get things done is, is just asinine to me. Nobody can explain how the black community goes from 70% marriages to 70% kids born out of wedlock. The, the system didn't do that. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. This is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to the Oxidative Show. Words and phrases that uh, no Republican should use. One of them is progressive. And, you know, people, we, we, we like to fight or argue with the left. We argue with them on their territory. They use terms like progressive to mean that we're progressing. Progressivism is regressive. In all actuality, it's actually regressive. There's nothing progressive about undefining genders, you know, saying we don't know what a gender is. I think we figured that out a billion years ago. That's not progressive. Saying that, oh, women shouldn't have traditional roles in the household and now you shouldn't get married and the family structure should be broken down. Listen, we went centuries to create the the, the reasonable idea that, hey, maybe two people are better together. And it could be more uh, profitable for raising children. So pro- progressivism is actually regressivism, um, if that's even a word. Gender affirming care. There's no such thing as gender affirming care. It's called, uh, I would argue, uh, is uh, grooming and and mutil- genital mutilation is what I would call it. Gender affirming care just gives them this overarching idea that this sounds like something that's positive for young people. And I, and I really believe that it's not, 
you know, they, they try to trick you. I, mean, I was reading from this article and it says like progressive, like being prog- like progressive, the word progressive, this is one is meant to trick the user into thinking that something is inherently destructive and in the exact opposite in order to create an industry around taking advantage of the mentally and emotionally ill gender affirming care was deployed to, um, obfuscate, obfuscate, I'm sorry. Uh, what it really is, is, is chemical and surgical castration, sterilization and mutilation. That's exactly what it is. Also asylum seekers and immigrants, you know, we all know that there are people who seek asylum and people who seek asylum in our country, they go through a port of entry and they seek asylum. If you are jumping fences and crawling under walls and portals and stuff, you, you ain't a seeking, you ain't seeking asylum. You are breaking in our country. You're invading our country. Migrants. They, they, they try to use these words to soften the approach. People who are, we, we have the most immigrants in our country allow the most immigrants in our country than any other country in the United in, in the world, any other country in the entire world. I think we have about a million immigrants we allow in our country every year and nobody else is even close to that. So with that being said, there's no such thing as migrant. These people are illegal aliens and that's the, the definition social justice, equity and inclusion. It, none of that makes any sense. Social justice is not social justice. It's revenge. Equity is not no form of equality. But in fact, equity is the equality of outcome, not the equality of whether or not a person is putting energy in and inclusion is not including anybody, but people that they want to be included uh, based on particular circumstances. Zero emission is another word. There's no such thing as zero emissions. There's no net zero emissions. I don't know. I don't care what anybody say. We ain't getting a zero emission and that's not even possible to the point where they want to kill animals and isolate cow farts because of emissions in the air. It's crazy. Conservatives, Republicans, you should not use those terms on their term. These people are not all, but they are lunatics and we should address them as such. Arizona high school policy tells girls to leave their locker room if they're uncomfortable with trans students. And Arizona high school has a policy allowing, allowing gender students to change into their preferred locker rooms and tell female students to use alternative facilities if they're uncomfortable, according to an email obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. This is crazy. According to um, Braz, I don't know who that person is, it is an unwritten and un... Um, advertised policy for the past 10 years. Let's see it. Basically whatever they, the school administration want it to be since it isn't official. Her rationale was that this is the small number of kids and the other kids know who they are. And the kids almost always don't fully uh, undress. Most of the kids won't use the locker room. I guess this is a statement from one of the staff members about this particular policy, but you know, let, let me just give my commentary on on the trans thing. It's like, man, look, let's be let's be honest here. Some people are what we call passable, meaning that you actually look like a girl. Some dude with big old hands and crusty uh, heels may be able to pull it off, and you may look like a woman, and people will not know the difference. 
to be honest, if you are trans and you actually pull it off, it would be weird for you to go in a men's bathroom dressed like a woman. Maybe you might get raped in there. I don't know what happened to you. But I will say that if you are passable, then most of society would never know what's going on with you, to be honest. Um, you may have some obstruction if you get pulled over or if you haven't changed your identification or whatever the case may be. Most people really, you know, nowadays they really don't care. It's just the ones that you're not passable. Like you don't look like a girl at all. You know, like the person that's in the cat, Joe Biden's cabinet. I don't even know the person's name, bro. You ain't passable whatsoever. You, you know, I ain't going to even say that. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm like, dude, you, you, you are not a good looking man. <laughs> you try to be a woman, but some people are impassable. And, and, and in life, it is what it is. It is what it is. The people who are impassable, they're not going to get the same treatment as people who are passable. It's just the way it is. People who are good looking in our society, heterosexual, good looking people, they get passes and they get opportunities that people who aren't good looking just won't get. It's just the way life is. Go try to be an anchor on a major news network. If you're not a good looking person, you ain't going on there. Why? Because that's how they sell their, their advertisement. That's why, that's why you'll see most of the, the most beautiful women that you'll see are women who do news anchors. They do, they're the news anchor, they're the broadcasters, they're women on the street doing interviews. It's because that's what sells. And it doesn't matter how talented you are, if you ain't eye candy for the observer, you ain't going to be on there. I can't name a person. That, I mean, you know, some of these leftists, they throw anybody up there. But for the most part, you look at Fox and you look at any of these major networks, they try to pick some very, you know, attractive women to be on there. Why? Because it sells. That's why. You would never see Monster with big women. You know, they got the they, – when Monster Energy Drink came out, they had tried to have the hottest women passing out energy drinks because they know men are dumb enough to fall for looks and, and they'll buy anything a, a fine woman is selling. But anyway, parents sue over high crime area after football star son gunned down in a parking lot. It says the parents of a Georgia high school football star gunned down in the parking lot of a Dave and Buster's outside of Atlanta while on a date with the longtime girlfriend months ago um, have filed a lawsuit over the neighborhood's uh, pervasive criminal activity that comes as the second suspect killer pled not guilty. Elijah DeWitt, an 18-year-old football player at a Jefferson High School who had already gar uh, garnered recognition from NFL quarterback Cam Newton, was shot and killed October the 5th, 2022 in the parking lot of a David Buster's um, at Sugarloft Mall located in Lawrenceville, a suburb about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta. Two days later, Kamar Bryant, 18-year-old, and Chandler Richardson, 19-year-old, both from uh, Lawrenceville, were arrested at the South Carolina gas station and hauled back to Georgia for each of them to face uh, felony murder, malicious murder, and aggravated assault and possession of a firearm during the commission of a certain felony. Now, I don't have to be a rocket scientist to tell you that uh, Elijah DeWitt is probably black and Kamar Bryan is probably black and Chandler Richardson is probably black. And, 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 and you know, it's crazy to me because this same scenario don't happen to young white people. 
and I know people get mad at me for saying it, but when people throw these statistics at my head and they say the cops are always after the black people, because this is what happens to young black men in America. The leading cause of death for me and my age, I'm 35. The leading cause of death for me and my age is being murdered by another black man. That's not the same for any other race in America. This is why there's disparities. It's because of behavior and culture that is destroying our young people. Hold the phone because I'm running out of time. You can actually call in 844-900-7243. I'll be back after the break. This is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I want to tell you about uh, the campaign that we're doing for the Food for the Poor. I don't know if I can say this on the radio or announce this, but I was just, um, you know, offered to have an opportunity to go to Guatemala and to see firsthand what the Food for the Poor uh, people are doing and how they're helping people and you know, I think I may take that opportunity to see um, what's actually going on. Because, you know, I talk about it on the radio. I say these things. I'm, I'm talking to you about it. I believe in it. But to actually physically go see and see what's going on in Guatemala, it will probably change my life. I've never been out of the country. And this will be an opportunity to go and see the grassroots work that the Food for the Poor uh, nonprofit organization is doing. And I want you guys to, to understand or consider uh, given a tax deductible donation to help the cause and what they're doing. I mean, they are feeding people in Central America, feeding people all over um, our hemisphere, especially in the in the Latin America and the Caribbeans, where places where people don't have opportunities like we do. I was just telling you guys last week that if you give seventy two dollars, um, you, you you'll be able to feed two kids two meals a day for an entire year. Seventy two dollars. I mean, people blow that on a pair of tennis shoes, blow that on a pair of jeans or outfit. That's a, that's that's food feeding feeding a kid for an entire year, one outfit, one pair of tennis shoes. I mean, that's how far your money go when you are donating and supporting uh, young people through these organizations. And food for the poor is trustworthy. There's a lot of people that I respect that have done work with food for the poor, and they they keep telling you, "B, it's going to change your life." If you go over to Haiti or something with food for the poor, it's going to change your life. And I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I'm kind of afraid because I'm like, man, I I don't want to be. You know, the emotionalism of, of seeing people starving like that will probably be a lot. But I think it's invaluable to give it a chance to go and see it for myself and see where the, where the support that our family is given, where it is where it's actually going. So go to theofficertatum.com, theofficertatum.com. Click on the banner at the very top of my website. There you can give a tax deductible donation or you can uh, text Tatum to 91999. Nine one nine nine nine. Just don't put nine one one. Okay, just don't do that one. Nine one nine nine nine, and put Tatum, and you can go, and we'll send you a link so you can give, then give a donation there. All right, I'm going to uh, go over a few things. Let me see. Somebody was telling me about this clip earlier. It's clip two about an actress who literally um, taking shots at Don Lemon. Wrote a clip. Thank you. Thank you. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is the beacon of hope and possibilities. This is proof that dreams dream big and dreams do come true. 
And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. <laughs> Never give up. Uh, do we have to go through this again? So she pretty much criticized uh, Don Lemon for saying that uh, women were past their prime. <laughs> uh, it's so funny because I, I I can't stand Don Lemon. I think that dude is is nuttier than a nutty bar at a grocery store. But people, you know, let me just say this and I promise I'm going to move on. Women hear, women heard Don Lemon say something different than he said. Men hear, heard what Don Lemon said. Women did not hear the same thing. Men understand what past your prime mean. I don't think women get that. Past your prime to women means I'm a dried up shroom. Uh, uh, I can't do nothing. I'll never be anything. And all of my accomplishments has already happened because I'm not in my prime. That's how, that's how I feel like women heard past your prime. Men heard past your prime, meaning like if I go out right now on the court with a, with a young, you know, kid that just hit puberty, he probably run me up and down the court. I can't run with that kid. I'm probably not at the be- at my best. I'm probably not as witty as I was when I was younger. Men don't see that as I'm a washed up shroom and I'm never going to do anything with my life and I might as well call it quits. It's not the way men see it, you know. So, uh, I, you know, it's funny that women continue to lament over this. I've had people that I know that just, they just give me crap for it. Oh, I'm past my prom? Oh, I'm past my prom? It's like, well, you got a little bit to go, but at some point you ain't in your prom forever. And just because you win an award don't mean you're in your prom. But but like people don't hear that. You think you think uh, Joe Biden is in his prime? I just that's all I want to know. All I want you to do is actually is Joe Biden in his prime? No, he's not. And that, and he accomplished the greatest accomplish accomplishment politically that he would ever accomplish. Is Donald Trump in his prime? No, no, he's not in his prime. He accomplished an incredible feat. Probably the greatest cap to his career was becoming the president of the United States of America, but he's not in his prime. Is Hillary Clinton in her prime? No, she's not. Hillary Clinton was way wittier, way more intelligent, way more cunning than she is in present day. And she took a loss because of her fraudulent stuff she's done. That's why, you know, in my opinion, people need to be able to to understand the difference between being in your prime and accomplishing the greatest things you have accomplished. And the fact that Nikki Haley was saying that these presidents aren't in their prime, so they should not be running for office. And she means their mental acuity. I'm assuming because if Joe Biden not in his prime, then how did he become the president? If Donald Trump is not in his prime in his seventies, then how did he become the president? So she's, she's alluding to the fact that these guys are not in their prime. They should take a mental, a mental aptitude test. But she said that in the face of two men accomplishing, accomplishing the greatest accomplishment in American history by becoming a president. It's only, what, 46 of them in history. So she can say that and everybody thought it was cool, even though she was proven wrong if her prospect was that you can only accomplish X in your prime. I'm assuming that that wasn't her argument. Her argument was that you are on the decline. Like you're not as witty, you're not as witted, 
you are now kind of going downhill. How long can you do this before you begin to make mistakes? And it's funny that she could say that about men, but when men say it about women, they get all crazy. Uh, just like the menopause thing, you know, I, I was, it's funny because some women that I talk to about this, they, they get exactly what I'm saying. They're like, oh no, you're right. Ah, yeah. This is, this was something that really affected me in my life or whatever the case may be. And then some women act like it don't exist <laughs> and they going through it right now and they, they don't exist. All right, let me move on before people get mad at me and counsel me on, on, on my own radio show. Uh, I only got one minute left, but I was going to show y'all this clip of uh white privilege lit the, the concept of white privilege literally being destroyed in under a minute. The clip is longer than a minute, but it didn't take long for that argument to be destroyed. So we'll, we'll come back to this clip. You can call in 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. Um, I'll get back to you guys after the break. You have the right to remain silent, but it's better if you chop it up with Brandon. 844-900-7243. That's 844-900-7243. Holla at you, boy. Oh, no, he did. Make sure you keep them weak. Good God. Show you keep them. Any bugging Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Off-Statum Show. I'm inviting you to go on to the Salem News Channel. Go to SalemNewsChannel.com. You'll be able to watch this show, the first hour of this show, syndicated live on the Salem News Channel and all of the incredible guests that Salem News, uh, the Salem News Channel has. I mean, a lot of people from so many diverse perspectives. Um, it's you know I can go down the list if, if y'all know who these people are, but we got Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, Will Cow, you got me, Dinesh Souza, and uh, Metaxas, all from a different walk of life, all giving a, a real positive message. And, and these other guys, I think, have so much experience on the radio, especially Mike Gallagher and Hugh Hewitt, um, that, you know, and Dennis Prager, that they have mastered the art of communicating uh, via radio. And they're good. It's great to listen to. I would argue that you guys should go on and get a variety of voices to listen to on the radio. If you don't already listen to everybody on there. So go to the Salem news channel.com Salem news channel.com and watch today. You can download on the apps too on the iPhone, Android or Roku. All right, let's get back to um, the subject at hand. I was going to play this clip where this young lady literally destroys the concept of white privilege in under a minute, but it, the, the clip is about a minute and 25 seconds. Let's roll clip one. I, I grew up as a white man and, you're the exact opposite, you know? And so it's like my experiences are going to be different from yours. How come? I think, uh, you know, there is a thing of, like, white privilege. Uh, what privileges do you have that I don't have? Oh, see, that's the question I keep asking myself because, like, in this day and age, like, all the laws, I say all the laws, you know, I'm, it's hard to speak on something I'm not fully knowledgeable of, so, like, I'm sorry if I, like, make a mistake uh, in saying this, but it's like, like, uh, hmm. Don't you think mm. it's a problem in society when white people think that they have more privileges than brown or black people? Yeah, and I think that's sort of the agenda that's pushed off because personally, it's like, not that I think I'm more privileged than anyone else because I had to work to get where I was, and that's like the... So why do you have that mentality immediately where you, you know, kind of apologize to me, like, let's talk about privilege, let's talk about I'm a white man in America, so we could have grown up differently. I got you. Why, why is that your first initial reaction to me as a brown woman? Wow, you're getting me good. See, these are the kind of conversations that I love having. Um, and I think it comes from a place of, like, 
uh, I wouldn't say caution, but like in this day and age, people are so quick to judge and react and cancel. And so I guess it's that, that like caution to go into an interview like this. I'm like, I, I don't know where we're at, but now I know where we're at and I can like uh, go for real. <laughs> go for real. I mean, I can tell the truth. But uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting that young man, you know, she had asked these ba- very basic questions. And, and I think that you can ask you can ask these questions of anybody and they'll never be able to answer this, this, those questions just like he wasn't able to answer them. You say, well, well how is your life different in my life? What, what, what things that you have advantage over me? See, it's funny because when you generally speak, you say generally white people have this and black people have this. If you go one-on-one with anybody, you say, what, what, do you, what, what benefits do you have in America that I don't have? What laws apply to me that don't apply to you? And just go one-on-one with that person. Don't let them jump in conjecture and, and jump into these other scenarios and hypotheticals. Just say, no, no, no. I want you to tell me how the country is better than you than me. What can you do that I can't do? Because then it, it mess them up because now they're going to have to be racist, right? They, they're going to have to say, well, I'm better than you. Or I don't know. I can get a job and you can't get a job. And it's like, oh, that's how you feel. That's how you feel about black people. So really, you, you know, you, you, you are the problem. But there's nothing that I can think about that a white person have that I don't have that's white. You know, like you could say, well, somebody's parents passed down generational wealth. And it's like, well, that's not a white thing. I know a lot of people that are black and not a lot of people, but I know people that are black that, that are that got good money that when they die, their, their kids get something out of it. That that has so it, so it's not exclusive to white people to to pass down generational wealth, you know. There's there's a lot of very successful black people that you know, for whatever reason, a lot of them do blow their money because of you know, especially the athletes. Most of them go bankrupt. Eighty percent of them. That's a lot of people go bankrupt after making millions of dollars, or hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars, depending on how you how long you play. But like just one of the examples, Ja Morant. I know y'all seen him flashing a gun in the strip, flashing a gun at a strip club, and he spent like fifty thousand dollars on strippers. I mean, it's it's just this is why some of the young brothers don't pass down generational wealth. It makes absolutely no sense for a young man of that stature to. to he's gonna sign like a two hundred million dollar contract if he keep his nose clean. And he's he's waving a gun in the strip club. Brother, you are a superstar. You shouldn't you don't have to go anywhere without a gun. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere with a gun. But anyway, I could talk about this forever. Uh if you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, if you're looking for a supplement that works, relief factor is your supplement. I take relief factor every single day, and it works well for me, and I'm encouraging you to give it a try. Very simple. All you got to do is go to relieffactor.com. Call the number 804-RELIEF. You can get started with the three quick starter for $19.95. Give it a try and see if it works. One thing that I'll say is that you got to get it in your system. You can't just try Relief Factor once. I mean, maybe it'll work for you if you do it one day, but um, if you got to take it over time. You got to let your body get acclimated, you, and, and then you'll be able to see the difference once you start taking it. That's why I always preach that the three-week quick start is the best 
way to do it. So go to relieffactor.com or call the number 804-RELIEF. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I want to tell you about the My Pillow 2.0. You don't want to miss out on this amazing deal and this amazing opportunity. If you are looking for pillows, if you ain't looking for pillows, just just skip over this part. But if you're looking to get some new pillows because you know that your pillows are running ragged or you know that you're waking up every morning, your neck is stiff. I, used to, I mean, for years, I would sleep on a bad pillow. Just because I didn't even know where to go find pillows. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what pillows I wanted. I just slept on bad pillows. And I wake up with my back and my neck hurting every morning because the pillows were trash. So I'm doing you a favor if you were like me. Go to MyPillow.com. I, I use the pillow so I know for a fact how the pillow feels. It is an amazing pillow. You could just stack them up, fold them over. I mean, an incredible soft pillow. And I think you should give it a try. And right now, for my listeners exclusively, you get a buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. So go to MyPillow.com, uh, click on the uh, radio listener square, put in promo code Brandon, and get your discount today. Alrighty. So I was going to uh, play that clip. I think I already, yeah, I already played the, I already played the clip of that. So it to me, it just dispels this the, the mythical existence of white privilege and I just you know in, in my personal opinion I just wish people would let it go you know it, it, when I look at the world I look at the world in segments right I look at the world starting by the fact that you may grow up a certain way but if you follow God and you treat people the way you want to be treated and you seek knowledge, meaning that you, you, you should strive to be educated on the things that you're passionate about. If you're passionate about flipping houses, the internet has a, a, a plethora of free content that can teach you how to flip houses. If you're passionate about walking dogs or being a, you know, a dog petter or whatever you want to call them. I don't know. I don't know what else you would describe it. I mean, you can groom dogs too, I guess. Um, you know, there, there's ways that you can pursue that, be educated in that and make it happen. You know, if you want to go to college, you know, when I, I remember when I went to get my master's degree, like they had no problem giving me student loans. They had zero problem. Like uh, to me, I'm, I'm not understanding like, how how are people not making it in America? I get it. If you have a disability or something like that, you know, you maybe have a mental disability or something that, that prevents you from working on a regular job or something like that. You're disabled. Then that's a different scenario. But like, if you really want it, all you got to do is put in the work. I remember when I was in college, man, and I, I, I don't know how kids don't make A's and B's in college. I, I was making... I was making B's, C's, D's. But, man, I was playing football 24. I mean, they had us working out at 5 a.m. We go from workout to here to here to here to here to practice. 
We went from 5 a.m. to 7 at night every day. And then on top of that, some teacher wants us to read three books over the weekend. And it's like, lady, you must be smoking crack. We got a football game. And then Friday at the hotel, Saturday is the game. After the game, Sunday is the only time you get the rest during the week. I'm sore. I'm tired. I want to, like, not think about this stuff. And you want me to do homework. I still made B's, C's, A's. I still did pretty decent in college. Man, and the people that didn't have sports, all you got to do is go to a class and you go home after that class. Study halls. and the, the, I'm like, man, how y'all ain't making straight A's? Now, if you apply yourself, you can make straight A's as a football player. I just didn't apply myself. But it's even easier to make good grades if you weren't a football player. So with that being said, you know, you got to look at college as an investment. Like, are you invested in your future? What What are you going to get from having this degree? Maybe you'll make that upfront investment by taking out student loans. Or maybe there's grants available. You don't know how a grant is available? Uh, go online. How do I get a grant? How do I get a grant as a minority? How do I I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Somebody had made mention that, hey, man, you should be a, a, a black-owned business. Because you're black, there's grant. The government will give you money because you're black. Oh, oh, is that right? They'll put money in my pocket? Because they want to play social justice. I take their money. I take all their money. Take all that money I'd be wasting that year round giving to the government. All I had to do is go look it up. I had I have no idea how to do it. Had no idea how to do it. I said, let me just Google this. How do you register for a black-owned business? And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to do it. Um, but I did it. I registered my company as a black-owned business. Hey, if you go, if y'all want to play that game, I'll take your money. You you got you got you gonna give me a grant because I'm black. All right, all right. Me and my white wife is going to take that money and go, go on vacation. No, I'm just playing. But, I mean, that's just what it is. If you need to low, you look it up. I started an e-commerce store that's highly successful. And I knew, I knew nothing about e-commerce, knew nothing about Shopify. I just looked on the YouTube channels and just looked up a couple of videos. How do I start an e-commerce store? Like starting a business. I know nothing about starting a business. I did not go to school for business. All I did was, you know, look up some videos. Hey, you, you can go to uh, LegalZoom and you can start your business that way. If you got a very small business, that's easy to do it that way. If you got a big conglomerate business with, with shares and stuff like that, you, you know, it's a C-Corp, you probably want to get a lawyer. But outside of that, you know, you want to start a business, just look it up online. Anything you want, you can look up online. There's nothing I haven't been able to fix in my house that I didn't look up online. I remember my air conditioning unit went out and I was like, how in the world did this thing go out? So I started troubleshooting, looking on YouTube for about an hour. It took me about an hour. I found a video cause one of the like compressor things, power boxes had kind of, uh, through the heat it expanded. And so all I had to do was replace that. My air conditioner started working. So instead of going through the insurance company, I just did it myself. I knew how to cut the power, whatever the case may be. I just looked at the video. It's really that simple. You want to know how to smoke a brisket, look at a video. So I'm saying this to say that there's so many opportunities and no one should have, if you want to know about God, all you got to do is look at videos. They're online. You know, you want to know who Jesus is. You want to know how the Bible was written. I mean, you could just look online and then of course, verify these things with other scholars, but anything that you're trying to figure out, you can find it right online, free content. So for a person to sit back and say, I don't have opportunities in this world, you, you a lying dog. You're just lazy. 
You're not willing to work. You don't want the pressure. You, you're scared of failure. I get it. But if you really wanted it, you could do something about it if you pursue it. Let me tell you guys about Relief Factor. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, if you're looking for a supplement that works, Relief Factor is your supplement. I take Relief Factor every single day, and it works well for me. And it's 100% drug-free. If I hadn't said that already, it's 100% drug-free. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You don't got to get prescriptions or none of that stuff. You can order it today. Get it shipped to your house. Be taking it in a few days. Take it for a couple weeks. Watch it work and then order more. It's really that simple. All you got to do is go to relieffactor.com. Look at the reviews. Look at the testimonials. Get started with the three quick starter for $19.95. Incredible price for what Relief Factor can do for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call the number 804-RELIEF. The Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. Uh, I just want to say thank you for y'all listening and being patient with me. You know, it's funny. It's funny being an entrepreneur. I think this is this is why I, I have these statements that I make. Is that being an entrepreneur and also doing this radio show? I just realized that you know. People sit around and make too many excuses about why they can't make it, man. If I can do this, people can get up and go get a job and go apply. I remember when I was, you know, fresh out of college, my son was about to be born. And, you know, I had a kid out of wedlock, which I, that's why I'm a big proponent of not having kids out of wedlock because it put too much of a strain on you. And, and your kid got to grow up in an in a undesirable situation um, yeah, yeah, they can make it through it, but you know, that's just not desirable. It's, it's kind of like, I, I feel bad for my oldest son because he got to grow with both his parents split and, you know, we don't get along whatsoever. And it's not fair to him. We did that. It ain't, it ain't me. Her, we did that to our oldest son, you know, and, and I, I hate that for him that he has to go through that. And then my youngest son, you know, he has the benefit of having me and his mom at the house together every day. Every time I, every day I see him, I, we playing and rolling out on the ground and, you know, and I just, I feel bad, man. And, and having children out of wedlock is people shouldn't be selfish and be like, Oh no, I'm doing fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But how's your kid doing? How does your kid feel about it? Same thing when it comes to, like, I see single moms. on. It seems like it's mostly single moms. I never really see dads doing this. And one reason it's not a lot of single dads out there, but single moms like, oh, single, I'm a single mom of three, and I'm I'm killing it out here. Do your kids, how your kids feel about that? You doing great. You hate it. You hate your baby daddy. He ain't nothing. We left him. How does your kids feel about you, you leftin' him? <laughs> I had a woman, I had a woman on one of my YouTube channel, my YouTube, I did an interview and this lady was so mad at me for for saying things about single moms or whatever. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh on you. I'm just saying this is the reality. And she's like, yeah, I, t- I put all my kids, I worked four jobs and put all my kids to school. And she was just touting and town. I said, how your kids feel about that? You know, you, you couldn't give them the time that you wanted, could you? You worked four jobs. They never saw you. You put them through school, they never saw you. You feel okay with that? 
that's that's the, you you feel proud of that? You you did a good. You think you did a good job by your kids? It, it, it doesn't matter if they go to college, but man, you know they didn't have a mama growing up. But anyway, I'll talk about it more when I get from the break. Hold the phone. I'll be back. The Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. Call in 844-900-7243. 844-900-7243. I want to talk about a, a subject matter that I've been thinking about for the last several days. And I saw this kid make a video about this on the YouTube channel. And, and he really kind of made me mad when he made the video because I felt like he was, he was uh, mocking Christianity. He said the the invisible man in the sky. And I kind of felt disrespected by that part. But the other part about how the grift of the American church, it, it, it shocked me because it didn't shock me. I already knew this was going on, but he, he just, he just reiterated the fact that the American church, not every church, but a lot of the American church is a, is a business. It's not a spiritual endeavor. It is a legitimate business. It's a nonprofit business. And, and as I grow and, 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 and generate wealth and hang around people that are very successful and hang around nonprofit organizations, I begin to see exactly what they're actually doing at, church, at these churches. They are literally fundraising every Sunday. And, 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 and I want, and it's a membership program. I, I, I want you to see this. Because a, a company like the Daily Wire, for instance, they have exclusive content that they have behind a paywall. You can have a, member, a membership, you can subscribe, and you can get all of this exclusive content behind a paywall, but you need to be on the subscription membership. American churches today operate on a very similar principle. They use emotionalism and the spirituality and the words of God to get you to sign up on their subscription program. And what is the subscription program is joining the church and paying tithes. So they can give you 10%. You give them 10% of your income to keep them sustainable. And in many of these churches, their only opportunity is to leverage that religion to get more and more people in. Because I'll tell you like this. I honestly believe there should be no mega churches. There should be no mega church. There should be very small groups of believers who come together and, and you could say they can come together all together at one time at some point, but the day to day experience should be a very small church where people can actually commune with one another and hold each other accountable. The pastor in the Bible, you know, for, for the most part, these people that would have a, 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 a flock they had, they had to be accountable to their flock. And in many cases, they knew their flock and the flock could come to them. But in these modern churches, man, some of you, you'll never talk to the pastor. He's the person that's speaking to your spirit and leading you. And you'll never talk to him. You'll never see him. He'll never do nothing with you. He's, the church is too big. He would never know your name. And in a smaller setting, it's more intimate. The man of God that's hearing the voice of God and just preaching these messages if that person could actually talk to you and mentor you and, and, and 
you know, in a, in a smaller group setting, you can ask some questions and stuff like that. I feel like that's more prosperous. Pro, I say uh, profitable to the spirit. I went to a small church and the pastor would get up and we would go to Bible study and you can ask questions in the Bible study. You can talk to the pastor. He'll come and show you where it said in the scripture and he'll explain things to you. And that was a, a, a way in which you could get a lot out of church and a lot out of the, you know, the Bible and the experience with God that you couldn't get in these mega churches. Like literally the pastor would pray for you if you needed him to, he could pray for everybody at the church. It was that small of a church. And in these big mega churches, man, he, 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 the, the power go to people's heads. Kenneth Copeland, Joe Osteen. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it as sure as the noonday sun. I look at nonprofits and I look at these pastors just think about this for a minute. And I'm not saying I'm that God has to call me in order for me to go be a pastor. I, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with being a pastor at a church, to be honest, because I want nothing to do with money and none of that. I'm like, Lord, if I'm going to be a pastor, let me be a billionaire first. And then I go to church and I won't take a dime. All that money can go to the people. I don't have to worry about nothing, but I, I'm already set for life. And I could just preach and focus on that. And I ain't got to worry about no money or none of that because I just feel like it get really dicey. I want you to think about this. Three types of organizations do this for their CEO, AKA pastor, AKA founder. They use other people's money to build their profile enough where they can independently make money. For instance, T.D. Jakes build this profile on people donating or tithes to make him bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he writes a book and make $10 million off a book. And therefore, you say, I, I didn't take none. My salary at the church is only $60,000, $100,000. And, and then the church pays for his house and all of his expenses and all of his clothes and everything like that, which is probably worth about $100,000 or more. Because now T.D. Jakes is so rich, he's wearing Versace and Gucci and all kind of stuff. But that's what they do. They build the profile. And you think, oh, I'm blessing God. And that person is leveraging that money, resource, and popularity to then make money in their personal side. And then they be they you know they turn into Joe Osteen and write several books a year and he's worth fifty million dollars or whatever I think he's worth over a hundred some million dollars I think his church brings in fifty million dollars a year and he pays himself a little salary but he don't need the church salary because he's become he got a big name because of what the people have done um, paying into the church let me just do this as an example because the church may be a an example that's hard to stomach. Just say that I came to you guys on the radio and I said, hey, I really, you know, I need you. I need your help. Can you guys donate for just 12 months, donate a percentage of your income to me to help me build out my YouTube channel or something like that? And I do it and it's all tax free. Just imagine that. It's all tax free. I ain't got to pay no taxes on it. I get millions of people donating to me tax free. And then I just build this profile and I build this profile and I get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars on marketing, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get me to fly places, hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years to get me on television and do all this stuff. And I build this mega profile and then I sell books and make hundreds and tens of millions of dollars off of that stuff. And you, you would, you would then say, well, wait a minute, bro. 
we gave you money and you this and you built you a program. You became a millionaire off of money we donated to you. How does that make any sense? It's the same thing that these pastors are doing. That's why I don't do stuff like that. Like the money that I make is is through capitalism. You go and buy merch on my store, that's capitalism. You go and purchase ads from the uh from the YouTube channel, that's capitalism. I go speak, I pay uh, I charge a certain amount to speak. You know, you're going to take this many hours, that's how much it's going to cost, and I make money through capitalism. But I feel like these churches are not all, but I feel like churches have a scheme and people don't see it. It's like at the end of the day, I start a church. Who owns the who owns the church? You know, the church building is X. The people donate and they go, oh, we were able to pay off this facility. The church was able to pay off the facility. And I wonder, and I could be wrong about this, but I know in a for-profit for situation, that church belongs to the owner of the church. I mean, you know, in a for-profit, the, the business belongs to the owner of the business. So, you can do all you can to help build that business, but when they go to sell, when you sell the property or whatever, it goes back to the business or the owner. And I wonder, I'm going to have to do my research. I wonder when I see pastors raising all this money and they get these big old beautiful facilities, cost $1,000 just to turn the lights on every Sunday. And you say, the church, we did it, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, we did it. We paid off our church in full. And none of those people at the church have any interest in that church. It's just weird to me. Maybe the concept is foreign to some of you guys, but I feel like a church setting, if you are, you have to have a dividend. In in my opinion, if you are going to the church and you giving tithes and offering and you building up the church and the church is paid off and the church is yielding 50, $60 million a year. I feel like the people that pay tithes should have a dividend. You telling me that they people to build this church up as big as God knows how, and they get nothing from it. They don't have no ownership in that church. If you go to sell a church or the church shut down, they just, all that invested money is gone. I just think that some of this has become a money grab, ladies and gentlemen. Some of it has become a money grab. And I see, I see it every single day. And and I know how they, I know that how they could do it because if I was a malicious person, I could see that green, them, them green dollars. But see, I, I believe that you should follow Christ and he'll give it to you the right way. You do it the wrong way. That ain't going to be good for you. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. God's got your six. The Officer Tatum Show. Whoop, whoop. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I want to tell you guys about the Food for the Poor campaign. I was telling some of you guys earlier that I'm uh, thinking about going to Guatemala to serve, you know, with the Food for the Poor and, and firsthand be able to see what's going on and see the people in need. But to be honest, I, I don't think a person has to physically be in Guatemala to understand that famine and, and children starving is a big thing. And, you know, it's not just... I would argue it's not just cliche-ish. It's not just a talking point. Like, people are really hungry and starving. And, you know, sometimes when we miss a meal, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, is, oh, man, I'm starving. I'm hungry. You, you don't know what hunger is until your only meal is leaves from a tree or some or maybe a banana every couple of days with that fear of 
not knowing where the next meal is going to come from. But I tell you what, the people at the Food for the Poor Christian uh, nonprofit organization, they do a tremendous job at filling in the gaps. How do we get money, resources from America, from our households, from our abundance to the people that are without? And Food for the Poor does an incredible job doing that. So I want you guys to help me in this campaign to support Food for the Poor, a real organization that really do work. Literally, I cannot wait to go and serve with them. So I, firsthand, I'll be able to tell you firsthand uh, what the things that are going on. But go on to my website at theofficertatum.com. Click on the banner at the very top of the website. You can give a tax-deductible donation there. Or you can uh, text Tatum to 91999. Text Tatum to 91999, and we'll send you a link. And you can donate through that link. Or if you rather call on the phone right now, 855-918-4673. That is 855-918-HOPE. Let's give hope to people who are in need because that's what God has called us to do. All right, let me finish my uh, my rant about the Christian church. I think I got a person calling in that's uh, pertaining to the topic. I'm going to get to you in one second. I just want to come back in off the break and just reestablish the conversation that we're having. It's like I'm really, I guess the overarching concept that I'm saying is that they are not who you think they are. People are not who you think they are. I just want, I just want, listen, I want everybody to consider that. People are not who you think they are. They're probably better than you think they are or worse, but they're not who you think they are. Um, there's a lot of fraudulent stuff that go on that I'm starting to see more and more. And I'm wondering to myself is, are there anybody that really have a genuine approach or is everybody going after money? If my pastor really saying what he's saying, because that's what God has called him to say, or is because it's money, not my pastor. I'm saying generally speaking, or it's about money. Are these pastors really believe in God? Do they really, have they really had an experience with God or is this a business model? Because I remember when I was in college and I was looking for a job, you can become a pastor. Like it was a, it was a job description on indeed to become a pastor. They're hiring pastors. When I was raised up in the church, you were anointed to be a pastor. You didn't get hired. You didn't need credentials. You didn't need to go to seminary school. You had the anointing from God and it was passed down and somebody anointed you to become a pastor. And, and, to be honest, I mean, I, I thought that that's what it really was. But now I realize anybody can be a preacher. I'm telling you, like, I can be a preacher right now. I could go out. I could start a church. I could do all that. I, I'm sure the church has started grow, start to grow. I know how to grow a business. I know how to grow a church. Especially somebody that's genuinely been saved. But see, the difference between me and some other people, not all, but some other people is that I believe it's a calling from God not a business model, not a business plan, not that how much money can I make? How big can my church be? But Hey man, God has called me to do a work and I gotta, I gotta take care of my business. These things just go through my mind often when I see pastors wearing Gucci and it, there's a website. Nick, do you know the website? It's called shoes, sneakers, pastors and sneakers or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a website called pastors and sneakers. And this guy literally made a whole Instagram channel showing these pastors who are wearing expensive garb. I mean, they got $500, $500 shoes, $1,000 shoes on, 
$1,500 jackets, $2,000 T-shirts, you know, $30,000 Rolexes, these pastors, which is absolutely out of control. It's called Preachers and, is it Preachers and Sneakers. That's what it's called. It's called Preachers and Sneakers. All right, so let me get to uh, Mario from Texas who's calling in on line one. Mario, uh, welcome to the Austin Tatum Show. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm blessed, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just wanted to, to comment on uh, what you were you, you, you were talking about earlier, as far as like the 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 systemic racism, or this this like the system was was it made for us black people? Um, right. I'm actually. I'm. I'm a. I have a. I'm a testimony of 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 that. Um, I came from. I'm from Goldsboro, North Carolina, and it wasn't until I moved to Texas, believe it or not, uh, about two three years ago, and until I would I would guess probably like two two months ago, um, I started listening to your show, and I started. I literally started seeing things different. And I, everything that a lot of stuff that you have mentioned, I've I have actually been able to open my eyes. I, I agree with ninety nine percent of the things that you talk about, and even when it goes back to um, police, you know, black people and police officers. I've been I've been pulled over many times and have never had an issue because I have always done those those things that you mentioned. You know, keep myself out of out of the system, you know. Um you know, I I, I pretty much try to, you know, try to keep my nose clean. I don't, um, I don't see white people as bad. Uh, it's, 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 I think it's a lot of toxic or or negative things that we have created in our, within our, uh, culture and within our community that it, you know, it gets passed down. It gets passed down generation to generation. Um, yeah, I I, I I agree, man. I th- thank you so much for calling in and, and and passing on that testimony. I mean, it makes me feel good that somebody's listening to what I'm saying, <laughs> and it's not me just talking to the airways. But uh, what what a blessing! Thank you, Mario, for calling in. Y'all hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. Make sure you go on to the the uh, Salem News Channel, SalemNewsChannel.com. That's where you find all of the Salem radio hosts syndicated live every single day. So if you like to watch the show and listen to the show at the same time, 
then go on to the Salem News Channel. You can download the Salem News Channel on your app, your Android or iPhone, or if you have the Roku, download it today. All of your favorite hosts are on there going live and hard every single day, making sure that you get the right information and get the best information from a conservative perspective. All right, let me get, uh, let me talk about something real quick. I was just watching this video of Donald Trump. I'm going to play the clip as soon as we get it over. Cause I just sent it to the, to the people, to my people, um, to get set up to play on the air. Donald Trump, if you're listening, I, I want you to stop talking about Ron DeSantis and quit disrespecting that man by calling him DeSantis, DeSanctimonious. It, it just, it is not a good look. We are adults. We're grown. You, you and DeSantis are grown men. There's no reason for you to be talking about a man that ain't even in the presidential race. I wish somebody would talk to Trump, please. You, it's like every time Trump do something to go up in the poll, in my opinion, he do something to go straight to the bottom again. There's no reason to be talking about Ron DeSantis. You just left out there from in Ohio doing the Lord's work, getting people water. You flew out there. The president hadn't even gone out there. Everything is up and up. Trump is doing well. You know, then he released that song, which I think was terrible. Um, not the song, but the but the method and the mission behind the song. I mean, you just released the song supporting January 6th prisoners. It's like politically, that's a nightmare. Maybe to the base, you know, it's good to acknowledge them and because we feel like that these people have been done wrong, many of them, for sure. But politically, you make a you make a music video supporting January six people in jail. You know, half of the country think that this was an insurrection. The base may like it, but the world is not gonna the, the, the country is not gonna like it. I said this last week. There's a difference between popular and electable, and I never thought about that before until recently. I'm like, there's people that can be really popular, but they can't. They're not electable. People are not gonna. They turn so many people off in the middle that they'll never get enough votes. You can't just get Republican votes. You got to get independents and you got to get some of them Democrats over the reasonable ones, because there are people with that's in Democratic name and they're reasonable. My, my, well, not my father-in-law, but my stepfather-in-law, I guess you could say it like that. He's, he was Democrat. And I feel like the, the last couple of years, he's been more, he's becoming more conservative, but that's a Democrat that you can win. Because he's open-minded and he's intelligent about his perspective. He's not just an anti-Trumper, some weird stuff that people do. But Trump is just peeing in the bed right now. You're peeing the bed to the world, to uh, to the to the conservative side. Most people don't care. I like I if he was still in, if he was running and nobody's running against him, or at least like DeSantis wasn't running against him. I mean, I he'll get my vote. I don't care what he do. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid for him to do this. But hey, you better than a Democrat. But man, if DeSantis get in the race, he's going to have a problem. Let me play what Donald Trump said, and then I want you to call in 844-900-7243 if you have a comment. Wrote a clip. For those of you that didn't notice, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis got there. People are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime. It's really bad. Not because of 
the governor — thank you, Mr. President, for doing that. But it's not because of the governor. Florida was doing fantastically. You had a governor named Rick Scott who did a very good job. Even Charlie Crist, a Democrat, did a good job, and he had very good numbers. Sunshine and ocean are very alluring. It's not too hard to work with those factors. So just remember, Florida was doing really well long before Ron DeSantis got there. Do y'all hear it? It's not a parody. He really presented that. He's in, like, the flag is in the background. He's literally got, like, a professional photographer to film him wasting his time talking about one of the America's favorite governors that he endorsed at one point in time. I, I want to know what people think about this. Am I tripping or is Trump losing his mind every other weekend? Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. Common sense in an uncommon way. Act like you know. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm going to tell you about the My Pillow 2.0. If you're looking for some incredible pillows to sleep on, for your wife to sleep on, you need to go to mypillow.com and get you some pillows today. Incredible pillow with this unique fabric that uh, Michael and Dale put on the pillow. It's kind of innovated the pillow pillow from the original My Pillow, and it's got a cool feel to it. And, and the the cushion and the and the comfortableness is exactly the same as the as the pillow before, but just a little bit. It's like you can feel it's just a little bit better, which is incredible. And if you're a person that don't own a My Pillow, you finna start out your first pillow is the best that they've ever made. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and for my listeners only, you put in promo code BRANDON and you'll get buy one, get one free offer on a MyPillow 2.0. So let me get back to the Trump. Um, electable versus popular. Donald Trump is incredibly popular, but I, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm not fully to the point where I'm like, he's not electable at all, but I'm worried that he's struggling in electability. Ron DeSantis is going to kick his butt if Ron DeSantis get into the race. And I'm going to tell you why. And you're going to hear from me. I said this months ago, but you're going to hear from me again is that what's going to happen is Donald Trump is flailing right now because Ron DeSantis haven't mentioned a word about Donald Trump. He's not even Donald Trump hadn't been mentioned at all. Zero. None. Ron DeSantis is doing a lot of amazing headlining stuff in the state of Florida. All of these big money Republicans and people are going to call them deep state and establishment Republicans. They're going to all get behind DeSantis and he is going to raise a ton of money. I, I, I guarantee you Mitch McConnell is going to be in support of Ron DeSantis. And, and, and you got to think he's the leader of the Republican Senate. He's going to be in favor of Ron DeSantis. Uh, and so will McCarthy. McCarthy's gonna go with McCarthy gonna go with whoever winning. And all these big time billionaires, they already said it. People don't like to watch it, but they've already said all of these people that donated to Trump in 2020, millions and millions of dollars of Trump, they said we're not supporting Trump in the 2024 race. We're not supporting Trump. You have people like Joe Rogan, you have people like Elon Musk, who are all saying, I'll vote for DeSantis, I won't vote for Trump. You got you got so many people coming out, and that's the electable part. Donald Trump will win in polls. He'll do all this other stuff, 
But he, I think he's going to struggle. If he don't change his course of action, he's going to struggle. He is going to struggle. When I look at that, I get, I get a pit in my stomach. When I listen to Donald Trump comment about Ron DeSantis and the way in which he's doing it. He goes off and says, oh, Florida was doing just fine without before Ron DeSantis. Even giving Democrats credit over Ron DeSantis. And you got to remember, Donald Trump endorsed Ron DeSantis to be the governor. Brother, how do you endorse somebody and then trash them because you're afraid of them? That's what it looked like to me. It looked like he's afraid of Ron DeSantis. It it doesn't sound like he's coming from a place of... uh, of of strength coming from a place of confidence coming from the place of the American people Donald Trump appears that he's coming from a place of fear and coming from a place of selfishness because the people don't care about Ron DeSantis they care about you fighting against these Democrats Ron DeSantis ain't the president they want you to fight against Biden they want to know what your policies is against what the leftist policy how are you going to cut taxes how are you going to cut spending how are you going to cut regulation How are you going to change race relations in this country? How are you going to make it better? How are you got to, what is your path to win? What is your answer to healthcare, the healthcare situation? When they're talking about um, Republicans want to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid and all this stuff, what is your solution to that? What is your articulate, articulable facts and what you're going to do as a Republican to overcome what the Democrats are saying? Nobody cares about what your beef with Ron DeSantis. Okay. You got people calling in 844-900-7243. 844-900-7243. Let me go with Jane from Ohio. Welcome to the Officer Tatum Show. Oh, hi. This is Jan. Oh, uh, Jan. I'm sorry I said your name. That's okay. Uh, for 75 years, and that's no exaggeration, I recognize the evils of communism, and it's never gotten better. And it's, it's really taking over in this country. I'm a conservative. And I pray for you and all the truth seekers and the truth speakers. And this country is in big trouble. But, you know, I, I know how urgent the, the times are, where we're either going to dissolve as a country or we're going to be a free America. But when I just heard that clip now of uh, Trump talking about DeSantis, I have one word to describe his behavior. Obnoxious. Wow. That's all I've got to say. Uh, Jan, thank you so much for calling in. You know, I want you guys to understand. You know how many people feel this way? When I go to the cigar lounge, all of the guys in there are anti-Trump, except me and another black guy. We're the only, like, super Trumpers and the, and the owner super Trumpers. But all the other guys in there are like, eh. and I have never been around people that wasn't conservative, but wasn't a Trump supporter. I, I, I never heard of those people. And then I started listening to what they were saying. And I'm like, this is what these are the people that voted for Biden. That, that No, no, let me let me take this back. These are the people that voted against Trump because nobody voted for Biden. Unless somebody was like, I'll vote for a Democrat to the day I die. They voted for Biden. But then everybody else voted against Trump. And a young lady from the Daily Caller or some some news thing, and they probably fired her after she said this because it's definitely against what the base want to hear. She said, Donald Trump is the biggest asset to the Democrat Party. 
because they are using him to stoke division and fear. And if people are divided and fearful, they'll vote for their oppressor pretty much is what I, how I feel, how I look at it. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. They, they're literally, they are literally using and leveraging the things that he say, the things that he do to create a false sense of division. Maybe, maybe some of his fault, some of it is not creating division. That division then leads to fear. And then, Hey, look over here. We have a solution to your fear. Come vote for us. And I think that's exactly what happened in 2020. Yeah, they cheated, but I believe that we could have overcome that cheating if so many people didn't change and vote for Biden over Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you about the Save the Storks, um, an organization, nonprofit organization that I think is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm their keynote speaker in the event that's coming up on April the 21st. It'll be at a resort in San Diego. Y'all need to go on to savethestorks.org to get the tickets to this event. It's going to be incredible. You'll see me. I'll be speaking. Obviously I'm the keynote. And if you love San Diego, beautiful San Diego, you know, California, but San Diego is beautiful. Please consider uh, getting some tickets going. It's going to be an incredible time and you're helping an incredible organization that literally helps women make the right decision when it comes to unexpected pregnancies. And they don't just help make the decision. They help them after they make a decision to give life. So I want you to go and support Save the Storks. Their stork buses are awesome. All of those things you can find at savethestorks.org. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Tatum Show. I know this was a tough one. Maybe not a lot of news like we normally do on the show. But, you know, some of the things that come to my heart and come to my mind that I can speak on, I like to talk about those on my show. I mean, everybody talking about the same news stuff. I wanted to make sure I talk about things that that may not be the status quo. So let me just finish it with this. I, got, I think I got one more person calling in. I don't know if you'll be able to make the cut, but I will say this. I say this a thousand times. I keep saying it again. Therefore, nobody can say that I didn't have it on record. Um, I really do think Trump is going to take a loss if he continue down this path. He is going to lose. I, I mean, he's going to lose to DeSantis. I, 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 even if you don't think DeSantis can beat the the conglomerate giant, I mean, Trump is going to lose to DeSantis if he continue down this path. DeSantis is letting him say all of these things, letting him act a certain way, and then he's going to jump in the race when the momentum is dying off. And, and I'm telling you right, right now, I don't know what's going to happen with the classified information in Trump's Mar-a-Lago house. You think Ron DeSantis is going to help him on that? Probably not. <laughs> if anything, he probably make sure he get indicted. But like, you know, it's funny. Why, why would DeSantis announce in May? They claim he's going to announce in May. Is there something we know, we don't know? You know, what if Trump gets, gets indicted over this, this stuff in his, in his place and, and Biden do too. What if they both get indicted, which I don't think ever happened. Man, these leftists can do anything and get away with it. I can see Trump get indicted, but I don't think they're going to do Biden as well. But these are things we need to consider, man. I really wish that somebody's like, you need to call Trump. I'm like, I don't have his phone number. He he need to he need to stop talking about DeSantis. It's disrespectful. DeSantis' resume is pretty impeccable. The dude served in the military in our country. You know, he's he's done a lot of decorated things. I mean, if you if you take him off the you just look at his resume on a piece of paper, man, he's leaps and bounds above just about anybody that can run for president. 
and the way he's running, the way he is running Florida, I think is not crazy enough to be as polarizing, but I think it's balanced enough to people to understand his perspective. And he's not out here being petty. People are sick of the petty. Just the lady that was just talking. She said she's been fighting for 75 years. That means she's older than 75. And she said that it was, you know, I, I forget what exactly what she said, like disgusting or embarrassing or disgraceful or something, something of that nature. And so she alluded to that. Just imagine how many other people watched that clip and said, you know what? This is no good. This is absolutely no get good what he's doing. We need better for our country. We need better for our president. If Donald Trump can just keep going to Ohio and doing things like that, that are, that are bringing the people together and believing in America, he will win. If he don't, he will struggle. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, running out of time, only got 30 seconds left. So you make sure you tune in every day, 3 p.m. Pacific to 6 p.m. Pacific, every single day, five days a week. I'd love to hear from you guys tomorrow. Hold the phone. I'll be back tomorrow. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. I just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You can always get the podcast at Salem Podcast Network or wherever you listen to your podcast.